Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to another edition, episode seven of the Nine Innings Podcast, hosted by Kevin Thompson of Rethink Wealth. Today, guys, I'm excited, very excited. I know we're we're going through some troubling times right now. The economy shut down. We got all these bad things that are happening right now. But I have some good news for you today. We have a guy on the call, a guy on our podcast. It, it and, and it took me pulling his leg a little bit to get on this podcast, but I want to tell you that we have a guy that's one of the greatest baseball coaches that I've ever been around. We've have what we have a guy that's been through, uh, been through the trials and tribulations of, of of going through junior college, winning championships, then going to to uh, to, to D one universities, taking him to the World Series. We have a guy that's in the Hall of Fame of of, of Grayson Junior College. We have a guy that's that's been there and done a lot of things, and and and. Honestly, he's, he's he's the reason why I made it to the big leagues. I'm going to tell you that right now. He he worked and worked and worked with me at, at Grayson County College. Today, we have Tim Tatlock, the head coach of the University of Texas Tech baseball. Tim Tatlock, the, the Hall of Fame coach at Grayson County College. Tim, how are you doing today? How are you doing during these times where everything is just shut down? Doing doing pretty good under the circumstances, KT. I'm doing a lot better after hearing you say all that. It uh, means an awful lot um, hearing those words come from, from you. And, of course, uh, I appreciate everything you've done for, for myself and my family. And um, this is uh, – I'm excited to hear from you and be on your podcast. And, I mean, we're kind of looking at this – you know, at these times as an opportunity and uh, really got to spend quite a bit of time with the family, which is something this time of year you don't really get to do. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, it's a, it's a total change on what's going on. And I'm just so glad because uh, you and I have had this friendship for a long time. I mean, you were there. Uh, uh, I mean, you were one of the calls we made when, like, when I made to the big leagues. You were just there. I mean, you've always been there and it's, it's much appreciated. So first off, Again, congratulations on your success and all the things that you've done at Texas Tech. I mean, going to, to multiple uh, uh, College World Series. Uh, the current environment we're in is unprecedented. School closures, uh, seasons brought to an abrupt end. So how is Tim Tadlock handling this current environment, both from a family and a professional perspective? Yeah, I mean, really, um, professionally, um, it was quite a bit of a shock. Um, right off the bat, uh, kind of caught myself watching. Um, we've got a system called that we basically can go back and watch all the game film we want to. And first weekend caught myself, okay, let's, let's try to get some guys better in this time and see what we need to do. And really just was doing, um, more, more of what you normally do in a regular season and after two or three days, if you remember that first weekend after we got canceled, it was really cold. And so that kind of, you know, that that was that part of it. And uh, since then, just kind of moved on to recruiting and, uh, you know, just dealing with each day as it comes and each hour as it comes, trying to adjust based on what's going on in the world and really trying to do what's best for each guy within our program each day. And. Uh, and as far as the family goes, uh, again, got to spend a lot of time with Kelly and the kids, with Ben and Chloe. And uh, Ben and I are still hitting a little bit, taking some ground balls. And so that's, 
that really uh that's really cool in itself i mean at this time in his life we've got to spend a lot of time together and uh my daughter's uh she rides horses and so we've got to had a chance to do quite a bit of that also that's i mean I know the times because you're you're a big hunter, big fisherman, and you like to go out and you try to get me out on the on the on the lake a couple of times. So that's not my forte. I mean, I used to love the fish with my my father back in the days, but at, it came a point in time where I don't even want to touch a fish. I don't know what it is. I, I guess I'm a I'm an urbanite. I guess you can call it, but yeah, I don't even fish anymore. But yeah, Tim's a a, a, a wonderful family man. Loves to fish, loves to hunt, and loves to spend time on that lake. So. I understand that many of the seniors will have the ability to come back and play an additional year using their red shirt capabilities. How do you foresee that working out for most colleges? Yeah, that's uh, I, don't, I tell you, when you say for most, I, I would say I would think most are going to do everything they can for those seniors to allow them to come back and play. Uh, it's definitely a financial question. Um like I read this morning where there's a school doing it for softball and baseball and possibly not the other spring sports. Okay. Um, I think really it's a matter of uh, coming up with the financial resources to be able to do it. I think everybody has obviously the kids best interest at heart and all these administrators want to do what's right for the kids. And, um, when you start talking about all the sports, it's it's a uh, it's a big financial um, burden for these schools. I mean, we were looking at it for Texas Tech. It was going to be, I want to say, between five hundred thousand and seven hundred fifty thousand just for one wow. year. Wow! Uh, to kind of finance all those spring sports, and so what you're really looking at is each sport, each sport, and each school is going to probably look at it a little bit different. And, I would think they're going to do everything they can to allow those people to come back and compete if they want to. Wow. Um, the financial burden on a lot of these colleges is tremendous. I know they have uh, an income coming in from, from, from some other students and other, other programs, but that's, that's amazing. Um, you have coached a lot of talented players during your time. What are some of the commonalities you see in most of the guys that you've, you've seen make it to the big leagues? I mean, you've coached, whether it be at OU, whether it be at Texas Tech, Grayson. So what are some of the commonalities you see in the, most of those players? Yeah, that's a layup, um, <laughs> Matt. I, you know, I mean, I'm not saying this because you're the one interviewing me, but I've got a <laughs> picture of you and um, Brandon Fahey in my house um, and in my office. And um, we reference you guys quite a bit when it comes to what you just asked. I mean, the most simple part of that question is would be is tools and fundamentals. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, all big leaguers have tools. Mm -hmm. um, the better they are, the better the fundamentals are. But at the heart of it, I think really um, each guy that I think – I'm going to tell you, I think it's more about curiosity mm -hmm. uh, and how good a guy can get and the ability to want, want to get better each day. Um, you know, we, we've coached a lot of guys, seen a lot of, played with guys and, and had a lot of guys with tools um, that were really good college baseball players. But the ones that are curious tend to be the ones that, you know, keep moving in systems. And um, along those lines, they're usually 
very good teammates also. Very rarely do you see a guy make it to the big leagues that, you know, is not a great teammate. I mean, I, I, I've talked to guys that, you know, played with you when you were in the Yankees system, and they said if the guy just ever eaten lunch, would have been, you know, he probably <laughs> been in the big leagues a long time because he just wanted to work harder than anybody. And, um, and you know, he'd tell those stories about you being in the batting cage through lunchtime. I was like, well, it's nothing new. He did the same thing. He played junior college. And that, that work ethic, I mean, really comes from something that, you know, each guy has inside of him to me that they're curious about how, how good they can be at the game. And generally, again, the, the better the fundamentals, the greater the player. I appreciate that, Tim. I mean, you're absolutely right. I think for me, it's more it's more of a fear a fear of failure. I mean, I know when I first got got there, I wanted to to prove that you made the right decision, especially at Grayson. I wanted to prove that you made the right decision by coming to pick me up and and having to make the changes that you did by putting me in short and while other guys were there for a longer period of time. And I just I just didn't want to let you down. And and I think that's a lot of things in my life. I didn't want to let a lot of people down around me. Because I mean, a lot of people—not necessarily they had a vested interest or anything like that—but it's just, it's just you know, you just want to make sure that you're doing right for yourself and not and not going back when you're 40, 45, saying, "Well, if I would have done that." Well, no, I mean, I've done, I did everything I possibly could in the game, and 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 it turned out the way it did, and I'm I'm, I'm very appreciative of that and for what you've done for me as well. Yeah, we we get one shot at this deal, and you might as well make the best of it. <laughs> absolutely, you absolutely, definitely did that, and. Um, we, I, mean, I've, I don't know that I've ever coached a team where I haven't told the story since, since 99 or 2000, I hadn't, I mean, I've always told the story about the day after we won the national championship, you always want, you wanted to go hit the next morning when everybody else was, you know, celebrating. And <laughs> I was like, man, I thought this guy's crazy. I was trying to round everybody else up to get on the bus and you wanted to go to the bat cage. So, um, <laughs> I mean, all you guys that – I mean, even the pitchers. I mean, even the pitchers that I've ever coached, you know, they had that curiosity about getting better each day. Yeah, and and, it, and for me, I told uh, a couple of my friends this. It was it was almost like a, a safety place. Like, to go, to go hit, in the, hit in the cage, to go be in the box, it's, it was my safe – it's my safe place where I don't have to think about anything else in the world at that time. It was It's, it's the place I felt most comfortable. <laughs> so uh yeah. i think you have to have that have a little bit of that if you want to be successful <laughs> absolutely yeah so being a financial podcast we always like to incorporate some financial questions i know we talked a little bit about how the colleges are are going to be funding some of these red shirts uh for the for the following year how is this current shutdown going to affect the the the, the draft coming up do you think that that the money will be the same this year? Or do you think there'll be some differences? I mean, if, if, if baseball is not being played right now, I'm assuming that some of the organizations are feeling the heat or feeling the, uh, the downturn yeah. in regards to the income. I mean, based on the information I'm get, getting, and I'm sure if we were running a big league organization, it'd be about getting big leaguers on the field right now. Yeah. That's where their, that's where their income comes, comes from, from ticket sales and those mm-hmm. guys playing. And so I would say uh, the owners most definitely want to get those guys playing first and foremost. Then they'll want to get their minor league teams playing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then somewhere along the lines, they're talking about um, 
they have definitely reduced, I mean, for the people out there that understand what I'm talking about, the Major League Baseball draft, they've reduced the number of rounds that they're going to have this year. Wow. Um, they moved the draft back. Um, I think the latest they can have it is July 21st. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard July 20th. Um, mm-hmm. Five rounds is what they're talking about this year. Wow. Wow. Possibly – Possibly 10 rounds. Wouldn't wow. surprise me if they get in the middle of it. If, uh, you know, if maybe they go a few more, just because I know and there's so many guys that do a good job in the scouting business. You can only imagine they all get in the room and go, hey, we've got, we've got one more pick we'd like to make. And, uh, but really, it's going to come back to, again, if, if the major league teams are playing. And yeah. if they're playing, everything should fall into place. Um, as it looks financially, I mean, within the first 10 rounds, if they have 10 rounds, each team has a bigger pool of money to use yeah. for 10 picks. If they have five rounds, it's a smaller pool of money. And so if there's only five rounds, that affects guys that go in the first and second round because generally those guys can get a big pool of that money. And so I'm sure everybody – involved with it on the amateur side uh and the advisor side would would really appreciate if they go 10 rounds and i think the country would appreciate if they're playing baseball i mean at the big league level and the minor league level and obviously we'd appreciate it i mean if we could get through this pandemic we're in and uh you know it's looking better to me i mean i of course i just watch you know the news and listen to what they're saying and Seems like people are doing what we need to be doing. Yeah, the numbers have definitely come down, and we look looks like we're hitting a, the, the the flattening of that curve. They always say so. That's that's a good sign. A um, couple more questions, just real quick. Um, you were having an incredible start to the year. I believe you were sixteen and three. How did most of the players take the the abrupt ending to the year? Like, I mean, did you just see it in their face? Yeah, we literally. Um... We had been to Biloxi, Mississippi, mm-hmm. uh, playing a double-A park on Tuesday and Wednesday, flew back late Wednesday mm-hmm. night. Um, by Thursday, we pretty much um, – I want to say it was Thursday our basketball team was going to play that morning at 11. Mm-hmm. Uh, their, their tournament was called off at that time. and um, I think by 11.30, 11.45, we heard from West Virginia's ops guy that they're turning the bus around. And uh, I would say by the next day, we had a meeting. We actually had it outside so people could kind of space out. Yeah. Um, you know, just in case. And, um, yeah, it was definitely a shock. Uh, it was definitely a lot of disappointment. At the same time, I was, we were really proud of our group of guys. They were very mature about it. And seem to have a sense that this thing's a lot bigger than baseball, and uh, you know there's things that we gotta gotta do, and everything you come across in life's an opportunity to grow and to get better. It seems like they're doing that. You're listening to the Nine Inning Podcast, hosted by Kevin Thompson of Rethink Wealth, and with our special guest Tim Tadlock of University of Texas Tech. Head coach, uh, phenomenal, phenomenal human being, phenomenal, phenomenal head coach. The last question I want to ask Mr. Tadlock today, 
What advice do you have for players and individuals listening to this podcast? What would you tell them? Not just that I know we have a lot of stuff going on, but what would you tell them today from, from a standpoint of uh, how you coach? Like, I mean, you coach, you coach young individuals, you raise young men. So what, what advice would you give these people today? Yeah, I mean, it sounds cliche, but you got to make each day count. And um, you're going to have adversity, which, I mean, we're all having right now. And um, be thankful for that adversity you get in your life each day and uh, try to make the most of each day. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll all come out on the right side of this deal. Well, Tim, I appreciate the time today on the 980s podcast. I appreciate all the things you've done for me and my family. And again, Thank you, thank you, thank you for your time. Um, if you guys have any questions for Tim, uh, Tim, do you want to? Uh, do you have any special handles, any Twitter handles, or anything that you use? Or are you kind of more, more of a? Um, I don't, I don't use a social media type of guy. No, I've got a Twitter. Um, it's just under my name. I don't know about handles or anything. Um, <laughs> you could probably find me just on Twitter or my email or or my phone number. I mean, it's <laughs> one thing is yeah. I don't have much financial advice other than, you know, you all leave that, leave that up to you guys. And, um, yeah, I, I do hope some of your former teammates, they, they did hear you say, Mr. Tadlock. That's pretty impressive. I mean, I, <laughs> you've been calling me Tad for about 25 years. Yeah, hey, I, you know, I do appreciate you, Kevin. And, and, uh, you know, it's uh, if people are listening to this, if there's a guy out there that you know has really good, I mean, it's they can definitely call me and and uh, I'll definitely give you a good recommendation. How's that? Yeah, hey, I appreciate it, man. Thank you for your time today, and and stay safe. Stay safe. You, bet. you too. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Follow me on Twitter at the Real Night Innings and via Facebook at Kevin Thompson Rethink Wealth. You can book an appointment via the bookings link or contact me by calling 682-233-7773. You can also listen to our podcast on the Rethink Wealth YouTube channel and via SoundCloud or iTunes by typing in Rethink Wealth. You can also find us by typing Rethink Wealth into your Google search to locate our webpage. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Guest speakers and their financial representatives are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities, Guardian or Rethink Wealth, and opinions stated are their own. Kevin Thompson, Registered Representative and Financial Advisor of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, OSJ 3040, Post Oak Boulevard, Suite 1150, Houston, Texas 77056, 281-220-2700. Securities products and advisory services offered through Park Avenue Securities, member FEMRA SIPC, Financial Representative of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, New York, New York, Park Avenue Securities is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Rethink Wealth is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian. Episode 7, 2020, 99399, expiration 4, 2022.